When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Because I found my secondary road mic. Because uh-huh. like, I've, I've been streaming so much that literally, for the most of it, I've just been sleeping, man. I've been resting. I'm so tired. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, I woke up. I woke up a few a few hours ago. So, um, so yeah, I'm just, I'm just sort of like, yeah, trying to just re recuperate before. Because cause now, now I'm not going to do like Copa America and Euros, man, for Friday. It's the end stages, though. There's like what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're coming towards the crescendo. You got four games in the quarterfinal, two games in the semis, third place, and final. So eight games left. Yeah, this is Talking Tactics Podcast. We're here on a Wednesday. So this is a bit strange, but we do what we have to do. Where do you want to start? You see, now we can do game by game. And I think we should maybe walk up. So I think we start with Sweden and Ukraine. I know. enjoyed that game. Well, let's 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 keep it. I think like if we're working on the way up, you know, we we should start with Sweden and Ukraine and then build up to um, France and you know, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, basically, it's like it's like a, a good script story film is like you know you build guys up and then you build up to a crescendo and then the the story gets much more interesting nearer nearer the end, you know. So like that's that has to be the last. We have to build up to that because. <laughs> That's the that's the biggest story. Let's start with Wales and Denmark. That was the first game of the round of sixteen, or wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. Wales got smacked up four four nil. Um, you really maybe the whole fairy tale they're gonna win it for Christian Eriksen story. You know, maybe it has a bit of legs. Uh, no, no, yeah. <laughs> it's just coincidence. It's it's like people. I mean, people are are, are being Disney merchants, man. They're being Disney merchants. Like, come on, it's that. Oh, like, oh my gosh, they're gonna win. And it's gonna be this amazing circle. No, like, if they if I mean, look, they may lose to Czech Row, Republic. If they run, if they run into England at Wembley, they're losing, man. They don't they don't beat England at Wembley. So, um, like them not even if by some miracle. They reach the final, there's no way in hell they beat Italy, Belgium, or Spain in the final. No way. Were you disappointed in Wales? Because I know that you kind of had them earmarked know. to do a bit better, or, they, or you thought that they could do better. So I didn't even see them getting through the group. So the fact that they got through the group in second place was freaking out amazing. Yeah, so, so we spoke on that, and you kind of you gave them a chance in the game, if I remember. But, so. but you know the, the the funny thing though, um Abdul, he's on um you know he's on the he's, he's he's on the hangouts and he's Danish. There are so many Abduls. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's there, he's there like, <laughs> Denmark is actually the population of Denmark and Wales are actually pretty similar. Because you know it's like, oh my gosh, Wales is just this like small country that anyone know. Wales population and, and I checked, Wales population is three million and Denmark is five million. I think this was the 2019 consensus. Mm. So it's something different. So Denmark is not this huge country, man. It, it ain't that big. So yeah. um I'm trying to remember who scored. 
Oh, Braithwaite. That's what Dolberg. Dolberg. Yeah, it's too cool by Dolberg. Yeah, his first goal was really good. Um, the second one was a bit scrappy. Um, I don't remember the third goal. But, uh, yeah, Braithwaite got his goal at the very end, which I thought looked offside, but I guess it wasn't. Well, was <laughs> Goatway guys go. Um, well, we'll come back to who they play in a bit, but let's just, yeah. Ukraine, Sweden. Um, was that a red card? Because I saw people debating between was it a red card, wasn't it a red card? To me, it looked like a red card. It's it's a it's a tough one. If if you look at it in this issue with slow motion, you look at the thing in slow motion, you can't not give it as, as a, a red. Like like in the context of the game, when you're going for a 50 ball, that's something that can happen and it's just a mistake, you know. So yeah. he did not intend to try and hit him. So what's really in the context of football in the game, it's a yellow card. You didn't yeah. intend to, but you still fouled him, it's a yellow. See, red is no, you are like it's right, it's straight red. You, it is dangerous play. You are intending to injure someone or last man or so forth. Context of football and everything, it's bad. I know it's a yellow, but the issue is if you look at it in slow motion, just as a human being, even if you want to be referee, like I can't mm. not give this as, as, a, as a red. Yeah. So, someone always makes it look, look, look worse. So, that's just the dilemma, you know. If you, if you look at the still photo, which is dangerous to do if you want to judge something that happens in real time. But the still photo of where his leg is and how the knee looks, mm. it's, it's got to be a red. But if you watch the video in re- in real time, I would have liked to see him give a yellow. That way you don't give the Ukrainians a big advantage in the extra time period. But, you know, Ukraine, Ukraine were very close to going to penalties. And I thought if it went to penalties, we'll, we'll get to this with the France and Switzerland game. But I had a sense that Sweden would win. Because they, the moment the red card happened, they in their minds were they were playing for penalties. Mm. They were comfortable with the idea of it going there. Ukraine, it's like we could still win this, and now you have to cope with the pressure. But Sweden, that's what they were playing for. So shout out to Shevchenko, man. Shout out to Shevchenko, man. Shevchenko first, but Zinchenko primarily, I think. Because the goal in the first half, the assist. No, 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 no. I said I said Shevchenko. I know, I know. I I said Zinchenko, the player <laughs> on oh, the pitch. Okay. He scored the goal. He got the assist. So I think he should yeah, get the, yeah. the, the the primary plot. Is I don't. What is Shevchenko doing really, except just being there? I wonder. Like I don't. Is he a tactical genius or is he, is he just there because he's the goat of the country? I don't know. Bro, you have to have <laughs> management ability. Um, Forsberg. I did want to talk about this. He was going crazy in this tournament, man. Like he hit the post, I think twice. He scored four or five goals, I think. Um, yeah, four Gs. What What was your? Does Does this change your perception of him, or is he, he maybe no. not important enough to have uh, an opinion on? Was pretty good for Leipzig a few years ago, then sort of went downhill a little bit. This tournament. Yeah, he was doing his thing, but still don't rate him the highly. So this tournament doesn't change my perception of Forsberg. He was one of the more dangerous players. It sucks for Isak, though, because he had a good tournament. He just didn't. The score. Swedish manager is, a, is an effing moron. Uh, he, 
I don't think he finished 90 minutes in the tournament. Your it's it's and one he's their one. best. It's one one, and you take off your two best attacking players. How we, does that make any sense? We will come to this with France again. <laughs> Um, the next game in line, I think we should do Austria, Italy. Free flowing Italy in the group stage, 3 0, 3 0, beating people. Oh, have the Italians changed this and that? We get into the knockouts, and for 95 minutes, it's nil nil. Now, were Italy playing Catanazio and were they like, you know, seven people defending or something like that? No. So the Italians were. They're different under Mancini, but I did find it quite funny that, <laughs> that the free-flowing Italy was kind of halted by, by Austria. Um, I guess we have to have the conversation about Chiesa. Um, what is your opinion on him as a, as a player from Juventus and now what you're seeing with Italy? Basically, I think I'm reaching that age where um, you're now – seeing the sons of players who you really remember when their father played. Mm -hmm. Like, watching football in Nigeria, when these two shows Syria, like, I really vividly remember Chiesa and Crespo, both strike partners for Parma. So, and also Chiesa was, yeah, he was okay, but he didn't really do much. But his son was like, boom. And here's the thing. Berardi had a better overall season. And you may say he's maybe overall a better footballer and a better player overall. Basically, what he did for Sassuolo, but even before things started to say no, you need players like Keza in your team because you just need guys who know what money time is. <laughs> so there's a difference between like a better footballer and a better clutch player. Keza is a guy that just understands money time. And for Juventus, whether it's in the Coppa Italia final, the um, both legs against FC Porto, he constantly comes up with important goals. So yeah, he's and there's a, and that's a skill in itself where you just know that oh my gosh, we need a goal. I know how to get a goal. So yeah, I think he, would you start him though, or do you think it's it's cool having him come off the bench after maybe an hour seventy minutes? Uh, you 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 start it. Interesting, because like this is not like Tori and Reflo where or Soaks where oh these guys are super subs. No. You started because he's a kind of guy where no, you you constantly should just have him in the team for as long as possible, you know. Um, because my thing is that he's he's done it for Juventus as a starter. So, mm -hmm. um, any word on the Austrians? I can't really think of anything oh, that they oh, did no, or they didn't. Did, no, do. They did well. Like I'm not like what's it called? Um, VAR man, they were so close. Like that was a very 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 close VAR call. You know that, that, that mm. they had, man. So, but not like what is it? Like they, which is which is why again we'll get to it when we get there. These euros <laughs> don't underestimate anyone. Um. All right. What's the next big game? Let's go Netherlands Czech Republic. Well, I get Ronaldo, I, I, Ronaldo. Um, for, for Netherlands Czech Republic. Which Ronaldo? Yes. I think they say that Ronaldo has beaten. Has scored more than oh, oh, any wow, striker okay. in history. So <laughs> it's like, where is he going with this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so my thing is for Marlon, my thing is, unless you are sure you know what to do, once you want to hit that ball. See, because see, 
Marlon isn't the fault of them going out. Of course, we'll get to the delicts, but Netherlands score that, it's over. They they go through. Like, 1-0 up, check up, don't, don't, don't get back in the game. But my thing is that, you know, it's with Ronaldo. Like, Ronaldo in that, in that position, it's a goal. He's going to okay. do, like, 100 steps over, he's going to score. So. As somebody who's played football more than me, mm. is, is it easy to think, let me go around him, or... Is there something in you that just wants to shoot it because you know you're one v one? Nine, nine out of ten players shoot it, and if you shoot it and you and you, and you get your angles right, it's very hard for a keeper to stop it. Confidence players, skilled players, will go around the, the keeper. Now, it's weird. So if you go around the keeper and beat him, it's an open goal. Boom. So, but but the the the. You say it's the it's a difficulty. If you're Ronaldo, you're beating the keeper because you're that good. Like Hensley with Ronaldo, one v one, he's gonna go around the keeper very easily. The keeper won't even stop it and boom. Or he's gonna dribble the keeper, mess him up, and then the keeper's on the floor. He's gonna he's gonna put it in. But I think most strikers in that position, they're finding their angle and then just shoot and then just shoot, shoot, shooting it. But Marlon was he was so close to the keeper. You've got to now beat him. And really, if you're a top player, top striker, you should be able to get enough distance between yourself and the keeper to where the, the, it's impossible for the keeper to stop you without actually fouling you. So credit to the keeper, because that's a very good save. But it's like, as, as, as people said, the keeper already committed himself, which meant that it should have been even easier to go around. You to veer off far enough away from him and then put the ball in the in the back of the net. It's like, what's it called? It's like Torres against mm-hmm. um, Valdez. Like, once you, if you get your angles right enough, it's it is extremely hard for the keeper. Because the, the keeper comes out, he commits, you, you, you veer off away from him, he's down, empty net. Yep. So. Ronaldo and Torres are the ones that come to mind. About just like going around. No, you know what? I... A lot. But see, Torres, oh, no. yeah, most yeah. times, he would, like for Liverpool, he'd, he'd shoot. It's just that that time was like, okay, you know what? Let me just dribble with the. Because... Do you know what it is? I think if you're good enough, well, it's a guaranteed goal. I mean, yeah. maybe not for if, if Maybe him, not yeah. for it's Torres. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, with the, with the Torres in 2012, if you watch the replay back, if you watch uh, a striker or anybody who rounds the keeper, the fans automatically start cheering because it's a goal, obviously. Like, you've taken out the yeah. keeper. There's nobody there to stop you. If you listen to Chelsea fans who are in the in the new camp, he rounds the keeper, and they don't say there's no screaming until the ball hits the back of the net. Then you hear, ah! <laughs> because it's like this guy's so trash that an open goal is not open enough. So, you know, you have to see it to believe it. But, yeah. I don't know if you can put Ronaldo's skill set or brain inside of Malin and be like, "Ayo, go around." So maybe that's just you know, as you say, nine nine out of ten will shoot. So he's in that nine. Just make it. Um, kind of more to the instinctual point. Can you give Delic a bit of a pass? Because he just brain farts. He's like, oh, I slipped. It's chic. If he goes 1v1, we're down a goal. And just something in that split second 
just make sure he doesn't get it. You handball it, but probably a split second later, he's now thinking like, damn, I shouldn't have done that because <laughs> there's VAR. The ref saw it. I don't it's, know. I mean, like, it's it's, it's got to be a red card. He's clear on goal. Blind isn't there in time to make it. You know, not a clear goal scoring opportunity, which it clearly was. So, I it sucks that he slipped, but at the same time, I'm like, bro, a goal is not more important than going down ten men, and unless well, this, this is split un- second, man, it's split second. The only way you do that is like how Suarez did it against Ghana. It's the 120th minute. If this goes in, we lose. I take the red card. Maybe it's not even... I don't know if Suarez would have had time to think about it. Probably not. But that scenario is probably... It's the most ideal. If Jean misses the penalty, which he did, great. If he doesn't, I did what I had to do. But it's the 120th minute. Delict gets sent off and I think the 50, 50th, 55th, something like that. You're leaving your team with 10 men for 40 minutes that's not going to end well i can kind of get you to pass on the instinctual oh and then you just kind (laughs) of move the ball but you're a professional defender so maybe and at least with a center back i look at more center backs that's a cerebral position that's a thinking man's position you gotta you you can't be as instinctual as i would be as a professional surely they must come into your mind that like maybe i shouldn't do that but I don't know. It's tough. These things happen. Yeah. Like I can understand why he'd do it. Now, yeah. in hindsight, it's the wrong thing to do. But I can understand because he messed up by slipping. Once he slipped, you know, oh, I, I messed up. And he's just thinking that, oh my gosh, I can't let this guy score because one v one, this guy's probably gonna score. So it's it's too much to process. Think that well, I'll let him go because he may score and may not score. But even if he scores, it's still eleven v eleven. At that split second, you're like, it's 0 0. It's a knockout game. Oh shit, I just slipped 1v1. <laughs> Let me just stop it. So basically, yeah. everything, everything results to him slipping. That slip was what messed everything up. So he, if, you know, he acts up, man. He acts if up. he grabs the man instead of the ball, is it a red card still? Yeah. Last man. Like, could you not maybe argue it in a different way? No, last if, if I kind of like roll, <laughs> like it's 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 too quick. So like all these thoughts that you can have in like a minute or two, you're not gonna have that in like half no, a second. So no. it's unfair. But I still think don't touch it. <laughs> go go with your head like Phil Jones or John Terry. Like just put your head in the way. But I that's do you know what it is? Phil Jones has something in him that's just a different. John Terry, I don't know if you it's it's a famous clip of like the I think it's the 2010 World Cup. He just dives his head in the way of a shot like that's instinctually that's in his nature to where in the split second he's willing to put his body on the line. Delict would have to have that same thing in him, but he he doesn't. So, and you can't you can't blame him for not having that almost <laughs> I don't want to call it a, a defect, but just uh I don't know, just it's something different. So where your first reaction isn't to put your head on the line. <laughs> mm. <laughs> like, no, I'm not putting my head there. But for somebody like a John Terry or Phil Jones, even like, ah, you know, if I get if I get concussed, it's fine. <laughs> 
Um, so they go down to 10 men and Holesh and Schick score. So the Czech Republic go through. Um, yeah, I read somewhere that it was on Twitter, but I don't know who it was. But there's like a some scientists or something did some, they ran some simulations before the start of the tournament. And they had Czech Republic as the surprise winner. I don't know how they did it, but, you know, they ran it through the computer a bunch of times. And the team that ended up winning the Euros most often, according to this supercomputer, was the Czech Republic. I guess because their defense and they have enough to score. Or I don't know what it was, but I didn't I didn't click it any deeper than just like the tweet that I saw, but. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm like, what data do you use to come up with 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 certain? I don't know. It's, like a, it's a supercomputer. I don't know, man. Man, give me, man, give me a break, man. Get, what? Get, a quick, get they're, that crap they're, out of here, they're in the quarters, so I don't Super know. Super my ass, man. Now get that crap <laughs> out of here, man. Um, what's next? Supercomputer. What's next? Let's go with Croatia. Nah, Croatia and Spain was too good. Belgium, Portugal. Let's do Belgium, Portugal. Um, baby hazard, baby hazard. <laughs> okay, first, I don't know how to pronounce this word. I can spell it, I think. It's P Y R R H I C. I think it's Fyric. 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 A Fyric victory is one where, like, you have two sides who are competing in a war and you we have a battle. Let's say the blue side are fighting the red side. Right, and the red side win the battle, but the casualties suffered in this battle were so great that they'll lose the war eventually, and the blue guys will win. They won the game, but at what cost? You lose Kevin De Bruyne to a muscle injury, you lose Eden Hazard, who was playing so well in the second half, which I felt Martinez did him a disservice. Like, you can't play him 90 minutes consecutively and i think definitely the last game this game as well like i thought like that was just silly but you you can't lose those two players i don't think even if you beat portugal and then win the tournament so this game yeah you won it but at what cost when, well, well what i'm hearing is hazard it's very unlikely kdb is touch and go I so saw that. Like I, yeah, I saw that Hazard didn't train, or mm-hmm. if he did train, it was like individual, and that De Bruyne probably won't play the next game. Yes, yeah, so, so I mean, that's what but, I read. But, but my thing though is that De Bruyne didn't really have again a great game. Baby, like baby, baby Hazard, man, like like, <laughs> and that's 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 what makes it so interesting. That's how these things happen. Okay, Cristiano. Jota, Felix, Eden Hazard, Lukaku, everything. And the most unlikely person was the guy who was the difference maker in one of the goals of the tournament. So, shout out to Baby Hazard, man. Um, and he tried to win a penalty. You know, you know, you, you know that. You saw it in the second half. Oh, CR7. Yeah. Yeah. This was always the issue with Santos is that... It's oh. like the gift and the curse is that you have the best squad. Cool. But now the issue is, can you pick the, the best team? 2016, the, the, the team picked itself. Yeah. So boom, 
but now you have so much talent. Like, look at the kind of players they brought off the bench. So the issue was, you now need to know the right, because I don't think he picks the right team to start the game. Do you know what annoyed me? Is I thought in the very first game when they played Hungary, do you remember they played with Danilo and William Carvalho and people were kind of pissed? That mm. why why would you play that those two DMs against Hungary? And mm. I was like, well, maybe he's playing chess in the sense of I know I have France and, and France and Germany to come. Um, or yeah, what was the order? It, Germany then France. I know I have Germany then France to come. So why not just bed this team early? So I'm gonna be playing with two DMs later in the tournament. I'm going to be playing William and Danilo. Why not just start with them? And I thought that was his thinking. But maybe he looked at that and was like, ah, I don't really like that. So then we saw this tinkering because he has, as you say, he has the options. Maybe in tournaments past, he wouldn't have had the options that he had at his disposal to change the game. But um, now he does. So he started. Who's this guy? He's, his name starts with a P. Pal, is it Palinia? Palinia, pa, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't. Did he start a game before the tournament, or is it? This is just you, you get your first start in the round of sixteen against Belt. He was out there trying to take lives, tackles from behind. He might have been the one that um, De Bruyne clashed with. I was like, who oh, yeah, is yeah, this? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, who is this? Who is this guy? So I was disappointed in Santos that I thought you had a larger strategy for the tournament. That when you play the big teams later in the tournament. Revert back to what you started with, with Danilo and William, and mm. you can play. You have a foundation in midfield to where your attacking players can do what they need to do. And just you can be defensive in that way. But to tinker with all the – I was just like, so you were just picking random teams. There was no thought from the beginning of the tournament. You were just picking just random players. Oh, this this will work in this game. This will work in that game. I don't know if you can do that in a tournament. Like, there needs to be a set team. But, you know – I guess he's good. He won in 2016. So, um, what else from that game? Your Cristiano narrative. How how does this affect it? Yeah, like he's, he's, he still doesn't have a legitimate Euro because <laughs> because he hasn't because he didn't do anything in the finals. So he's he's, he's got one more bite of the of the cherry next year in QRTR. I it's. Is it cute? During the winter yeah. with freaking Santa Claus in December when it's snowing. I, I, how many goals? Is, I think he has 109 internet. Is it 109 or 119? Who cares, man? Who cares? People were like, will Ronaldo retire if Portugal win this Euros? I'm like, no, there's a World Cup next year. So there's no way he's going to retire. But the real reason I know he won't retire is because not even the World Cup. But he's tied with the all-time international goal scorer guy at 109 or 119. I'm not sure. Um, he's not going to stay tied. So he's got to play. And he's got to score at least once. That way he has the record for himself because that's what he wants. So we, we will see Cristiano again. 10,000% until he scores a goal. He'll play... If he doesn't score a goal before the next World Cup, he'll play the next Euros or qualification or whatever. He's got to score at least once. It'll be a penalty just because. Um, Where to next? If we're keeping France for last, then we have two games 
left. Let's do let's do England Germany. I feel like I I low key predicted this based on your information because you you told me or you told us don't assume because this Euros is going against most of your assumptions or people's assumptions. Mm. And I said my assumption is Germany beat England, which probably means England beat Germany. Mm-hmm. Because it just w- goes against what most people would think would happen unless you live on the island. Um, and Germany really didn't offer much of anything. Timo had a good chance in the first half, but it's wait, Timo wait, 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 no, pause, pause. Did, did you really think Timo was, was, was going to score that? No. Thank no. you. Sterling then gets one nil. The the chance that couldn't be missed, if they had any hope, was the Muller chance. I don't know how he didn't even hit the target. Did you know, did you know the funny thing about the Muller chance? Like, because I was looking back at just like my reactions and everything, I was so sure he scored. I actually reacted that he's that he scored. Then when he missed, I was like, oh. Because I was so sure that the, 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 that it was going to go in as like, oh okay one one I was like yeah I had no I had no but see that's that's the whole point when that is not that's not this a scary thing if England end up winning the Euros you will look back at that chance because how it is supposed to go is Mona scores the um it's it's one one it goes to penalties Germany beats England on penalties and they call Sterling a black bastard on. <laughs> English newspapers and, 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 and stuff. That's how it's supposed to go. Like, like that is the normal narrative. But the other narrative now is, and it's so funny. Like, you look at all of the newspapers right now. It's Kane is basically sprawled all over and, and everything. Let's keep it real. Yeah, Kane got his goal finally. Kane was 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 garbage in that. Game. Yeah, he was trash. And he's been trash for four. I don't know what it is, but it's like, and here's the thing: is like, I look at Lewandowski. You can't tell me that, oh, no service, no, no. Lewandowski somehow clocked out three goals playing with carpenters and plumbers. Respect, respect. And it's, yeah, no, 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 I respect carpentry and plumbing. Okay. <laughs> okay, what's it called? Fruit sellers then. Fruits, fruit sellers. He's been playing with, 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 with he, he got three goals playing with fruit sellers. Kane, you can't get me a goal with the kind of guys you have around you. And the goal that that that, that you got again, great play like Grealish, but it was because Germany opened up and yeah. gave the space. So Sterling is the guy who he thinks Sterling is this is that he isn't the greatest footballer. Like his footballing mechanics aren't the greatest, but he is England's most dangerous player mm-hmm. because he's the guy that you feel like okay, this guy can do and create something. And if I'm a, a, a defender, Kane is 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 inconsequential. Sterling is the guy that I am worried about. Because of his movement, his speed, and, and what he can do on the ball, and how he can get into spaces, so he's carrying England, man. There's no way he can go around. No, are you crazy? And I didn't. I, I saw it was him, and I thought he would be caught from behind because he's not fast. Yeah, and he's and, just. And you know how fast he, he was is. just quick enough. So Walker I was like, he fast. has to shoot this, and then he missed. But I was still like, it's him, so he should make it. <laughs> you know, like if it was anybody else, you'd be like, ah. But I don't to be fair, I don't think he's scored any goals in the Euros ever. No, never. Never scored a goal. He's never Euros. scored. Like he saves all his international competition goals for 
like the World Cup. Like you know, if he plays the the next one, is he? Will he be the leader? If he scores a certain amount of goals, I think he probably will be. Well, He'll he's on closer. 10, and I think closer, closer has is 13 or 15. What was what was Ronaldo on? 12? I think Ronaldo was on 15. And then obviously when Closer scored in the in the baptism by fire against Brazil, he moves yeah. to six. I, I think I think Closer is on 16, I think. Yeah, so Muller... It was all because of that Saudi Arabia game where he, where he scored five. <laughs> So. <laughs> yeah. I hope trying to protect his legends, man. We, yeah, get yeah, we, get we, we get it, we get it, we get it, we get it, we get it. Five goals in one game, and, and no one was paid. <laughs> um. So yeah, I when when Muller missed, I was like, England have it because that that's that, it's just too much. You're in Wembley, like if if Germany aren't scoring that, then they won't score. So. 2-0 was always more likely than 1-1 after that point. Um I don't know. Again, we'll 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 get to we'll we'll get to the quarterfinal and we'll talk about England later. Um Spain Croatia. Let's just the the day was a very interesting day. Mm. Um it started with an own goal. Simon. I mean it, it, it happens, man. It happens. But but Basically, Simon had like because people were drawing parallels between Simon and De Gea. With De Gea, it begins and ends with that mis- mistake. But credit to Simon, huge mistake. But the two saves he made, specifically the second one, I think was a defining moment in the, in the game. So, um, so Sarabia gets the equalizer. And then Aspilicueta scores. Then Torres scores. And at 3-1, with 77 on the clock, you're thinking, all right, well, Spain are through. (laughs) We will be in this position again shortly. And then, I don't know what happened. Don't don't they say 2-0 is the most dangerous scoreline? Who says that? It's like a football cliche. Like, 2-0 is the most dangerous scoreline in football. Because the team that's ahead relaxes and the team that's behind now understands we really have to kick into another gear to score two goals without reply. Well, 3-1 is kind of the same deal. So nah, 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 that's, 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 it's a two goal, that's, it's, that's it's a two goal gap. It's a two goal gap. Like 3-1, 3-1 is essentially the same as 2-0. 2-0, 3-1, um, 77th minute. You sh- you should be you should be be, be good and I not see it's weird thing two zero and three one are not the the same thing. What argument do you think I'm making? That you said that a two like two goal deficits is always a dangerous scoreline. That's a cliche. I, unless no, 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 you're no, disagreeing with that's, the cliche. At whoever came with that cliche is smoking crack because at three one in the context of that game it was shocking. We can see you can't the way football works that it's kind of say also oh, no, you have to look at what's the context of the game. When you look at the context of this game, hence why it was such a shock that Croatia came back because, like, oh, this game is done. 3-1, it's 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 done. And 9.99 times out of 10, that game is done. <laughs> hence why it was such an amazing thing that my god, these guys actually came back. So it's, 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 and you know, maybe this is a larger point to Europe and thingy. This is what people need to understand. 
the quality of football at these Euros has not been amazing, but the drama has probably been the most dramatic Euros I've probably, I've probably ever seen. So the drama of this game, was it was not a great game. It was a dramatic game based on just the events and things that happened. The Simon mistake, he saves 3-1 up, now 3-3. The save that Simon now made in first of extra time, Morata scoring that kind of, 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 of goal. So just the events that happened were crazy. But my thing, I would say that South American football will always be the best in terms of quality. You know, but... Europe, obviously, it's it's more passing, it's more team play, but this has just been very dramatic. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely been the most, it's the, the best game in terms of drama. Imagine if the golden goal existed and Morata scored that goal. Yeah. <laughs> because Oyatabo sort of, sort of messed it all up because him scores that, okay, like if it was 4-3, wow, you know, Morata scored the winning goal, bro. See, this was another game where I thought if it went to penalties, I don't know if Spain win because of the way that it happened and that the way that it got there. But, you know, oh, Croatia had one really good chance. They had two good chances to start each half in extra time. No, 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 no. There was the key one was first half extra time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah that, that that was, then the there, there was a one, almost one v one to start the the second period, but the one where they could have gone up four three. Yeah. That's they had he had to score that. I don't know who it was, but I that think had to yeah, go. it might have been Kramaric, I think. It was. It was. He had this he had to score that. Damn man. Very close. <laughs> Very close. Um all right. <laughs> I mean I had a title for this podcast yesterday. And it was called Dead Narratives. And I think I'm going to keep it. So the Mbappe narrative takes a hit. The Pogba narrative ends. The Benzema narrative is under threat. Conte ends. Or at least, you know, I don't really care about the Ballon d'Or, but that's a narrative that I have to accept exists. Um... What else was suffered? That's the best part, it. Benzema, Pogba, Mbappe, Kante. You, you had about Veronica Rabio. People thought it was Benzema, that's the problem, but perhaps it's Rabio. <laughs> <laughs> and his mom, who was his agent or is his agent? No, no, yeah, agents, yeah, agents. You remember when he went from, was it, he went from PSG to Juventus and she was like, she was in the news for whatever reason. So, yeah, his his mom's good for a quote, I guess. Um, but <sighs> okay, first of all, playing Pavar and Rabia was wing backs from Deshaun. I couldn't tell if it was arrogance or stupidity or a combination of both. Perhaps the combination of both is the most is like the, no, 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 no. It's the it's, smartest it's, thing. It's, it's it's arrogance because you're like, I think they said that Switzerland have only scored more than one goal once in major tournaments, and they've never ever scored three goals. So this is a team that's unknown to score a maximum of one goal in tournaments, mm-hmm. like. 
when you just look at the whole context, there was no way Switzerland could. So, Deshaun could really be like, look, let me just five, four, four. We have so much talent against a team that literally should not even be speaking to us. <laughs> Let's just get this game over and done with, and then we can now sort of not think properly about the quarterfinal. Deshaun's thinking... percent like, they did take Switzerland seriously, but no way. Okay. It, it wasn't stupidity. It was arrogant. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why I think it's arrogance, not stupidity. If we see how Switzerland scored their goals, it was all from crosses, not the third one. The third one is kind of inexcusable, but the first two were crosses from wide areas. And I think it was their wingbacks. Managers from observing football for years now. <laughs> I guess you know I can say that I've been watching football for two decades. Decades. Mm-hmm. I've been watching football for decades. When when you when you know Switzerland play a back five system with wing backs. So France knowing this, or Deschamps knowing this, he's clearly he must be a manager who doesn't like playing against wing back systems. So managers that don't like playing against wingback systems, the easiest thing to do is to match the system. So if you know somebody's going to play a back three or a back five, you play a back three or a back five. Because when you play a back four, the wingbacks have a little bit too much space and it opens up spaces in midfield. So you then you have to decide, do I want to kind of condense the middle of the pitch or and leave the wingbacks? Nah, I don't really want to do that. So let me just put my own wingbacks out there and they can have a battle and whoever's better probably wins. If that's your thinking that I need to nullify their wingbacks with my wingbacks, cool. Play a back three. You have the center backs. You know, you have Pavar is a center back. Zuma's a center back. Longley is a center back. And Kimpembe and Varane. You can have three good center backs there if you want them. And that could be your three. I don't know how long Glay plays, but we can get into that maybe later. The idea, though, that you play Rabio, who's a central midfielder, and Pavar, who is a center back, as wingbacks is my ultimate question of like, okay, why those two? So you have Leo Dubois, who plays for Lyon as a right back, who's played right wing back for France before under Deschamps who didn't play a minute in this tournament. Why isn't he playing? On the left, I think Hernandez, he was on the bench. So if he's on the bench, you're telling me he can play. Maybe you don't want to risk him. Then why is he on the bench? I don't know. But you could figure out a better left wing back solution than Rabio. That could have been Suzoko. That could have been Lamar. That could have been Coman. That could have been. If you want a center back, you could put. Whew. Maybe Pavar could play out there, but you can't play both. So, you wasted thirty-five to forty minutes of the first half with bad tactics. Hmm. Then, then he had to change to Kempembe at left back after I think like a cool down break or a water break, or there was an injury or something Then he talks to the team. Then Kempembe's at left back. Then halftime comes, he takes off Longley and he puts on Coman. 
a football game is only 90 minutes. Obviously, in this game, you know, you can play 120, but standard football match is 90 minutes. Seems like a long time, but it's really not. You can't waste half of the game with stupidity and foolishness. Now, if you have a team the 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 caliber of France, they can rescue you. And that's what the team did. So Benzema scoring a great, like the first touch for the first goal was just insane. And he meant it, which is the wild. Like, if he didn't mean it, you would have seen some level of panic in his response to the touch. But there was no panic. So he clearly meant to do that. Um, and then to score. Then the next goal header at the far post after uh, the the deflection from the keeper. And then Pogba's third goal was like brilliant. So your team rescued you. Like you have the talent in the team to cover up for your mistakes. But ultimately, the goal that Switzerland scored in your foolishness, that shouldn't have happened to your point, that Switzerland should have never been 1-0 up to start with. That goal in that time is why Switzerland were able to then go on and do what they did. Because they had the one goal. And again, you can come back from two goals in 15 minutes. You can't go on three, you're pushing it. But 15 minutes, you can score twice. You shouldn't, but you can. He, it's it's, it's like you, you, you have the right blueprints, but instead of building your house of bricks, you build it of like clay. Or sand or something. It's, it's, but here's my thing, and this is the, this this is the reality. Like, yeah, you can blame Deschamps for tactics, play this player here, play this player here, and so forth. France are so much better than Switzerland. You shouldn't really be losing. But then again, it's it's like it's, it's, like it's individual things. Longley should never even have been in the squad. Now, what if Laporte was picked? And, and, and he has, Laporte has deserves being in France. So what if he was picked and Laporte is in that position instead of Long Longley? Maybe Laporte makes a better decision in that position than Maybe, Longley Maybe, but in the tournament, we saw Laporte get dunked on by Lewandowski. And you could say, oh, it's Lewandowski. But oh, yeah, yeah. He, he did get dunked on. As well. He did get dunked on, though. And we saw him get dunked on in this tournament. So Lewandowski and Seferovic, they're not the same player. <laughs> So, I'm just saying, I've seen yeah, no, 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 no. I don't I'm... care what you I don't care what you're saying. Lewandowski and Severich are not the same player. Longley is trash enough to be dunked on by a dude called Severich. <laughs> if I'm dunked on by Lewandowski, I'm proud. I'm happy. Okay, yeah, it happened. You know, so um so, so that okay, and then you now look at Kim Kim, Kim Pembe. Mm-hmm. It's like the guy was breakdancing. <laughs> that whole thing is like, why did you go to? And again, it goes to show to you that, yeah, no, no, put some respect on Umtiti's name, you know, because Umtiti was a guy when he's, if he's fully fit, no injuries, doesn't make many mistakes. So, him you and Brandon, okay, really, and, and, and also, as well, let's even go even yeah. further. Who led to the mistake for the hungry goal? That was Varane coming in and, and pressing up to, to a high. See, the thing about Varane is, is people need to be very, very careful with Varane. Is he really so good as a defender in and of himself, or does he need the right partner? Mm. Because I think for Varane is a no. He needs the right partner. So as much as we people complimented Varane for his performance against Belgium in 2018, I think he also compliments Omtiti because I think it's a unit. 
as a whole and and how he and how he was with the Umtiti. It's obvious that Kimpembe and him don't click, but now look at Kimpembe and Marquinhos. You see, whenever you have a defensive pair, you need a big brother and you need the right big brother. Like Marquinhos is the big brother of that defensive pair. Mm-hmm. Varane and Umtiti, it's weird, but I think maybe Umtiti might be the big brother of that defensive pair. Whereas Ramos is the big brother of the defensive pair between him, him and Varane. Because my thing is that there is no excuse to concede t- when you're up 3 1, to concede two goals to Switzerland. It seemed who this is the first in their entire history they've ever scored more than two goals. They've never scored three goals in a major tournament. I don't think France flipped the switch to defend the result ever. There was I didn't see any intent of okay now we're going to sit back and we're going to defend the three. And they shouldn't. Yeah, but you you should you should consolidate. No, no. Like let's keep it. See, it's very see. Hindsight is twenty twenty. When it was three two, I remember saying, I WhatsApp my brother and said, look, man, imagine if this is three three, and my brother says, look, now nah. like Switzerland have given all those <laughs> the can it, it, it's out there, and I just put out a tweet. Knowing that it was really that man, if this goes three three, this Euros has picked. Just you know, saying it, not for not a single second did I believe that these guys would make it three three. Me neither, because it's like just when you look at the game, like okay, so you've done amazing to make it three two. But I'm not so, a man. For France, so so basically, if anyone's going to score next, it's going to be France again. Like, you know, no, look, it's France. Okay, yes, you you were given a scare. It's going to be four two. Boom. I tweeted it. I said, if anything, it's going to let Mbappe score because the game's going to have to open up. I mean, I mean, or at least Switzerland are going to have to open up. But maybe let's let's deal with Conte at this point. This game proves at least one thing that we already knew: France needs a DM because Conte is not a DM. If you see his positioning for the when Xhaka gives the through ball to mm. the number nineteen, whose name I can't pronounce, Conte must have thought that Xhaka was going to play it laterally rather than like a real line breaking pass do we need it, to it, speak more about matuidi or no i'm just saying do we need to i mean do we need to did, did matuidi maybe play a much larger role in just the structure i'm thinking of, of someone like inzanzi more so than a matuidi someone who sits that dm area kante isn't that so when you play 4231 which is essentially what they switched into Pogba's doing attacking things, and he had a fantastic game, and he wasn't rewarded by his teammates. I mean, he did; he had the goal, but Mbappe, I think he let him down far too often. So I don't think Pogba can get any any shred of blame or scrap of blame. Like Pogba was, he had a great game, but he's not defensive minded in that way. Conte might be the one you look at to be like. I think you need to be a bit smarter here. But his natural instinct is to go hunt the ball and get it and then go give it to Pogba and let Pogba do Pogba things. There's no one who's just like, all right, I'm just going to sit here and protect the back four, which is why there was the Red Sea. Do you know what when we, t- when we talked about the, the Champions League final and the ball that Mount put through to Havertz, Man City didn't have Fernandinho. They didn't have Rodri. So they asked Gundogan to be the guy that has some sort of defensive thinking in midfield. And if you look at Gundogan's positioning, he didn't know he didn't really know where to be. So that led to the open space for Havertz to get the ball from Mount. It was almost like that in this game. 
where there was nobody there, it should it should be Kante. And I can blame Kante more than I can blame Gundogan because at least Kante should know this. The the loss of, of the ball from Pogba that led to the transition opportunity, I guess maybe Kante was just behind and he had to guess. And instead of running to his goal, he tried to get the ball, which is his natural instinct. That lane that Xhaka had to pass to, it shouldn't have been there. Especially when you think... We were up 3-1. It's now 3-2. There's three minutes left in the game. Somebody should have been there. Put somebody there. I don't mean to be offensive. I don't. I really don't mean to be offensive. It's Switzerland. And, <laughs> and, and see, I can say this because I lived in Geneva for two years. Okay, so I can say this as an honorary oh, yes. Swiss. <laughs> so all the stuff and everything would work. It's Switzerland. I hear you. I These know. guys make watches, they make chocolates, <laughs> and they don't get involved in any wars. And they have Fort Knox. It's Switzerland. I hear you. What yeah. are we? I mean, All like, right. what are we talking about here? Like, Arik, was Arik this Goldfinger is so Swiss? bad. Like, like, this is so. It is. It's just. It's just so bad. It's, it's so bad. bad. Okay. So Conte, Conte didn't have a great tournament. Perhaps there weren't the games for him to have a great tournament. Like, I. I Conte is interesting. Like the harder the games get, the more you see of him. So when you get to the quarters, the semis, the final, you would have seen, I think, a better version of N'Golo Conte than group stage and the round of 16. So it's just unfortunate that we couldn't get that deep into the tournament to see, I think, the best of him. Benzema. I mean, I spoke about the goals that he scored, but four goals in four games. He can't be blamed. Because he, he, it, it, he, it doesn't matter, man. It doesn't he, matter. He's the one who stepped up when they needed him to step up. Daniel, so, it doesn't matter, man. It's 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 all done. It doesn't. I, I mean, I mean, it's all called everything. But Daniel, there's a World Cup next year, so nah, it's, just a, it's a warm up. It's a warm up. Well, okay, then, then, then call me for next year. But as of right now, all the analysis of Benzema, the redemption. Nah, it's it's it's, it's all done. It's all, all right. And penalties. So we get into extra time. And Mourinho said this, I might have been on Talk Sport, um, but he said something that was really interesting. And he said Deschamps made one big mistake. And the mistake he made was near the end of the game, in the 88th minute of the game. So this is at 3-2. Deschamps took off Antoine Griezmann and he put on Sizoko. Now, that was the defensive switch that he should have done at 3-1. But once you get to 3-2, Mourinho made the point that this is something that managers have to think about. Is if you he said if you're playing a game for points that ends in 90 minutes, you make that change. So if you know there's 5 minutes left in the game and you're playing for 3 points, you make that change, you take off Griezmann, you put on a, a defensive-minded player. But if you know that the game has the potential or the possibility to go 120 minutes, which this one did, you save that substitution because you don't want to take off Griezmann, a player who has the potential of creating goals in an extra time for Sizoko. Like the trade isn't, the exchange is not even once you get into the extra period. So once Switzerland score their goal, Mbappe was having a shocking game. It sucks that Benzema got hurt in the extra period, so maybe you can't see that, but then you have to bring on Giroud. There's no Griezmann. So once you get into the extra time period, Mourinho made the point that France didn't have the 
the potential or the power to hurt Switzerland. Now, there was one chance that Mbappe had, or maybe two, that I thought, like, niggas should have scored those. <laughs> but, but I thought Mourinho made a good point. Like, don't make that change with a minute or two left. Now, that's Mourinho, and he's always thinking of what could happen. Um, but, you know, Deschamps did it. So, in extra time, there was really the Mbappe chance where he hurt himself, in quotes. <laughs> I don't know if he actually did, no, but no, he, he was did, limping. Did. He was fine. He was fine. Yeah, he was he was limping. Like I don't know, his feet just got messed up. But uh, game went to penalties. Um, and look, I think I I heard this from you when you heard it from your brother. But penalties are a punishment for not doing what you had to do in the hundred and twenty minutes. Yeah. So you get two hours if you can't win or beat Switzerland, who are known, as you say, for chocolate and watches and Roger Federer. You get It's a lottery. It's a lottery. And kind of like how I felt that Sweden would have won or um, Croatia would have won. There's just a part of you that thinks the underdog, once they get to penalties... See, again, Switzerland would have wanted penalties from the very start. Their psychology would have been if we get to penalties, this is our advantage. This is what we want. <laughs> this is probably a way that they, we, see that we can win chance. the game. They have a better chance of winning. Exactly. Time. So, 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 so their mentality is yes, let's take these. Like, this is our opportunity to beat France. Not that there's no pressure, but France, <laughs> wait, we're taking penalties? Like, I don't want to take penalties. Like, what do you mean? Like, in the, in the period after the second or after the second 15 minutes, you see Deschamps going to Giroud, like, you, can you take a penalty for me? Like, we're going up to Pogba, can you take a penalty for me? Like, you just see the France team is the first to tire. Everybody's tired, but, you know, just like, who wants to take these? The fact, I, what, Kimpembe took the fourth one? Yeah. <laughs> but it was, I mean, it was, it was good, though. It, it was, was a good penalty, penalty, but is that, I wonder if he's somebody who, we know you're good at penalties or if this is, you go through the whole squad and he's like, yeah, I'll take one. <laughs> mm. um, yeah. Another bad, weird decision was I wouldn't have put Mbappe fifth based on the game that I watched. I'm putting him first. If you miss it, there's a whole penalty shootout left, but I'm not putting the pen, the pressure of a fifth penalty on you. Mm. And let you could win the shootout without the fifth penalty. So maybe that's what he was thinking. Like, ah, if I put him last, maybe there's a situation where, you know, we make four, yeah. they miss three or something. So he doesn't even have to take. But, yeah, I guess he has to take one. But make him go first. I'd put Pogba at fifth because I feel like he had the, the personality in the game to, to make. But what is the Mbappe narrative now as we – come to a close in this Frank, podcast. Well, just try and win the, the Champions League or another World Cup. But, um, no, but see, I think the Mbappe thing is victim of your own su- success. Before the 2018 World Cup, it's, man, this was this, this 17-year-old who scored in every Champions League round that's led Monaco to a semi-final and led them to League of Champions ahead of PSG. He's only human. Mm-hmm. You're 19 years old. You've won the World Cup. You've scored in the World Cup final. 
You're the second teenager in history to score in a World Cup final next to Pele. You're now on CNN. You're the face of FIFA. You're like you're seen as the, the as the future. You're 19, 20, 21. You are very young. You begin to feel yourself, and I think that Mbappe's character definitely changed from the kid we saw in Monaco to the kid at PSG. Like, like the kid in Monaco knew his limitations. He knew that's okay. I'm not Neymar or Messi. I'm a guy who I do these few things, boom, 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 shoots, boom, 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 shoots. So I'm just a fully effective. But once you're now the World Cup winner, who are mentioning you the same breath as Messi and so forth, you begin to try and dribble, more selfish, feel yourself a lot more on everything. And you can see that's no, no, Mbappe, you're not really playing the game that you should be playing, which is a game of um, being economic, being effective. See, Messi and Neymar, the guys who, because their ability is so high, they can dribble, you know, and they can have more successful dribbles because they have such high ability. You don't have as high ability as them, but you are very, you can be very effective if you make the right decisions in the game. So I think it's a learning ex- ex- experience. I was like, look, life is life. From the highs of the highs to the lows of the lows. This is this is his lowest point. So it's... Uh, it's, uh, it's 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 unfortunate, man. But you know, it's, it's happens, man. Like I knew he was going to miss the penalty. I knew it. Me too. I knew it. I felt because like it was like the, the the perfect story package. I knew. I was like, oh yeah, I know. I, I felt it. I was like, if anybody's going, like once I, I thought the fifth Switzerland taker would miss in his face. Like he, the the dude who came on, he had like a beard. I was like, he's not making. Oh, Meth. Oh, Meth. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought he would miss. <laughs> <laughs> but then when he made it, I was like, okay, who's who's taking fifth? It's Mbappe. Then Mbappe comes forward. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> because I think he knew he had a bad game. He knew he had to score. And that pressure is just, it plus the context of the game, but just the individual pressure that he would have put on himself to make it. Give credit to Sommer, I guess. It wasn't really a miss. It was more of a save. I, I, I think that's important. Same with Larice saving Rodriguez. Like, yeah, you missed, but it's not like, you know, Ramos in 2012, you know, blasted over the bar or something like that. Um, But just a little bit, because Sommer, Sommer sold where he was diving. You know, if he'd looked, he would have known to slot it to his right because Sommer was gone before he kicked it. <laughs> so, <laughs> someone who's like Kepa size, by the way. So, I don't know. All in, really, if you go down the middle, I don't know if you miss. But it's, it's a, again, it's a lottery. You have no idea. So, France are out. My pick is dead. But you know, twenty twenty two World Cup champions. We'll be back. Um, <laughs> hopefully, with Zidane as manager. <laughs> mm. But uh, that's that's another conversation for another year. Um, let's quickly go through these quarterfinal matches. Um, Switzerland plays Spain. It's hard to know. I mean, Spain should win, but this tournament's telling us it could be anything. You never know. You never know. Um, Belgium play Italy. If we assume Ooh. that De Bruyne and Hazard aren't playing... Then Lukaku. It's it, up no, to you, if, bro. Even if Hazard and Debron are not playing, that's it. That's a really good match, man. That's a really good match. Like I think 
that could go to the penalties. That's a really, I mean, I, 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 can't, I can't call it. Ultimately, call the, it. ultimately, the winner of that game should win the tournament. No. Especially Italy. If Italy no. win, they're my favorite to win. No. Even, even of, of these eight teams, Italy. I, 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 no, no, no. This Euros has showed us that. <laughs> it could be no Ukraine, Switzerland in the final. Like, no, who knows? <laughs> Any, anybody can win. Anyone can win. It. Listen, oh, oh, like I said, according to the supercomputer, uh, Czech Republic. <laughs> I see you. So, yeah. I, I'm saying Italy beat Belgium, but I'm not confident in that at all. And on the other side, I mean, England, bro. The path is there to the final, at home. Whoever's well, on they, the other side, they, they play Rome. They're playing Rome against Ukraine. But yep, you beat you you, you Ukraine. You've got two games at Wembley. Yeah, it's playing so, in a final, man. You can't you can't wish for more, bro. So I've got England beating Ukraine, and Czech Republic Denmark is a 50-50. I have no idea. Does the power of you know? Dis- playing for Disney. your fallen teammate carry you through Disney Plus. Does, does Czech Republic's chic story kind of keep going? I, I don't know. By the way, I see here it's probably a good dimension. Peru have played Paraguay, Brazil played Chile, Uruguay against Colombia, Argentina against Ecuador. Like the Copa America final or quarterfinals are are pretty good as well. So yeah. it's all it's all coming together, but you know. It's this is why I find it silly to predict games because we have no idea. It's always fun to talk about it after the fact of the narratives that have been damaged or enhanced or what, but you can't like you can make an educated guess, but you can't, you'll never the, know. The fact is that hence why I said like betting makes no sense. <laughs> the, 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 the only way that I'll, I'll bet is if like I'm a monster. I have inside information, I'm, bro. I'm reading it. Yeah. Why am I gonna be like I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put money out? In trying to predict the future, <laughs> it's like it's the whole point is that it's the future, and the future says that yeah, most likely this can happen. But who in it's their right not, mind, yeah. where who in their right mind had France, Switzerland three three, and Switzerland winning on, on penalties? Who? So long, you, you can't predict, and so that's what makes it it's because if you you bet, then you ruin the fun of watching a game because oh my gosh, I, but yeah. just watch and enjoy the randomness of, of, of a life of not knowing what's going to happen in the future. So Okay, the wildest day of international football is one day, at least for me, which is 7-1. Those two 3-3 games are very close. It, the way that they happened with Croatia scoring in like the 90-something minute and then homie from Switzerland scoring in the 90th minute, extra time period, Marata scoring, and forgot who got the fifth, then penalties. and but like yeah, That's yeah, a close yeah. day, but nothing will ever beat 7-1 in terms of like the, the emotions I felt watching that, especially in the second half when nothing was happening, but you looked up at the score line, and it was like, I think it was 5-0. It's like, is it really 5-0? <laughs> How can it be 5-0 in Brazil? I don't I don't get it. How? I don't know. But yesterday or two days ago was I don't know. That was that was a fun day of football. 
So I don't know. You can't beat international competition. And and can I just say, for all the people who talk about ah oh, club uh, international football is trash and club football is where it's sad and who cares if Messi and Ronaldo don't have a World Cup and this 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 that. I'm the amount of engagement that you see at these international tournaments puts all of it. It's, you know, people are capping. Like people are lying when they say like international football doesn't matter. This is the peak. This means more than Champions League. This means more than Premier League. This means more than La Liga. Like, you know it. You just don't want to admit it because it hurts your legends. But this is, this is obviously the World Cup is the peak, but this is like just below. And then you can get into Champions League and club football and, and whatever it is. But international football is the best football. I don't know why that's an argument. But when you add the talent, the the pressure, the nationality or nationalism, when you add all those things together, especially when we're talking AFCON, Copa, Asia Cup, Euro, what beats it? I've always held that like this is this is where it's at, man, because it's 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 a different form of football, you know. That... The, like nobody cares about Juventus. Like if you look do you the way that the Italians sing the national anthem, nobody gives a fuck about AC Milan like that. Or like the players anyway. I'm sure there are people, but like the, the players who play for they're mercenaries. They're paid assassins. They're there to do a job, but they go home and the result affects them a little bit, but not a lot. Unless, you know, you're just a special person. The way that people play for their countries and celebrate goals for their countries and it's like it's it adds another it adds a, a special something into the into the mix that I mean I don't. I, basically, I don't believe you when you say internet. I don't watch it. I don't like international football. This, the, okay, uh huh. But you're tweeting about it. I see you. Anyway, by the way, there's some craziness going on in club football. I think Nuno's going to Spurs. Rafa mm-hmm. Benitez is now Everton manager. They've gotten rid of the away goals in the Champions League. Oh, bastards. <sighs> There's a lot of stuff, but this is a Euro podcast. So in the next couple of weeks, what, two weeks from now, we'll be back talking about club football. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not that club football is trash. It's just that this is better. No, no, no. no. Club football does have its moments. Basically, mainly the, the Champions League. I some moments. But Listen, I, I think that it's about Champions League, World Cup, Copa, Euros, is Nations Cup. That's is that is that's where I, I live. That's that's my house. Everything else it's cool, but that's the Champions League, Euros, Nations Cup, Copa, Asia, and World Cup. What's your favorite room in the house that's not the World Cup? What's it? What's your favorite room in the house that's not the World Cup? So if you say you know Copa, Copa America, Euros, Afcon, uh, Champions League, Oof. and the World Cup or it's, all rooms oh, in that's, your that's, house. That's a tough one. I mean, What's your it's favorite room? Be between basically, it's 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 a tough one between Champions League, Afcon, and Copa America, and it's for different reasons. Champions League because of the quality of football, but now it's done because the way goal has been removed. 
AFCON because of my personal investments in it, and also it's the most vibrant Copa America because of the quality of four ball and players that are there. So it's tough. It's tough. The knockout rounds of Copa America are very good. The group stage, yeah, the, the group stage is the group stage, but the mm. knockout rounds like quarterfinal, semi, and final, that's very good. What European clubs mean to the overall, to the consciousness of football, I think gives the Euros a special sauce as well because people, you're invested in Germany, England, Spain, Portugal, France, Italy, Netherlands, like those, those, those are name brands essentially. So you're going to care even if you don't have any attachment. If you're African, we have the special attachment to AFCON, especially if your team's always in it. So <laughs> for me, I'm a, like the, the, the qualification stage is kind of more important than the actual competition. Cause like, are we going to get in this time? Um, mm. As of recent, you know, Uganda's been doing all right, but you know, South Africa and Cameroon and Nigeria, Ivory Coast, Ghana, Congo, if they get their shit together, the North African countries are always at least there's ballers, ballers abound. So AFCON has its own thing. And as you say, like, you know, what's a tournament without Vuvuzela and, you know, songs and chants and juju and <laughs> mm-hmm. goal, goalkeepers bringing idols and putting them near the poles. Like, you know, bad goal, <laughs> bad goalkeeping. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you have to punch it? You could catch it. There's nobody near you. Like, why are you punching it, bro? Um, yeah, man. Each each room has its own special quality, which which is why the World Cup is so special because all of those things interact in in their own way. But uh, yeah, man. We will see you guys after the semis, I think. So that should be in a week. So we will see you guys when we see you guys talking Texas podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the talking tactics. We're on SoundCloud. Hit the hit the hearts on SoundCloud. No, hit the hearts on we're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, it's free. Leave a five-star review and read on the show. Half of where can people get you on the internet quickly before we go? Applefootballhot.com. I'm at Daniel to look. Shout out to Carl. I think he's going to Rome. So be safe, bro. And uh yeah, talking tactics podcast. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always for baller. Indeed. Peace, peace, peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.